0: Today's kernel is going out to Winter Wilkes, who's listening way over in the Middle East in the United Arab Emirates. I had no idea anyone was listening over there. So, Winter, thank you so much for the support and hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, this is Chris, hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. One thing I've been wanting to do on the show is go back and revisit past episodes. I feel like I get to have these great conversations with individuals, we dig into these topics, it goes out and then I just like, you know, time to move on to the next episode. But there's always so much more I wanna know, You know, I wanna go back and see if things changed. And so I am uh, really excited to have some past guests back on the show because for today's episode, I was thinking a lot about the importance of acknowledging that, you know, life's not a fixed path and we have these conversations, but things can change and we can feel differently about even the conversations that we had not that long ago. Back in, I think it was like early 2019, I created this series called Popping With Fire. It was a look at the FIRE community, and it's uh, an acronym stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And it was a really hot topic at the time. And in the second episode of the series, I had Julian and Kirsten on from Rich and Regular, and we had a really great talk about their journey towards financial independence. And so I'm excited to be joined by them again today. So Julian, Kirsten, how are you two doing?
1: Hey, Chris, it's always great to see you, sir. <laughs> uh,
0: same, same. It's always great watching what the two of you are doing, the amazing work that you're putting in. I uh, was loving the money on the table series. I'm looking forward to all the new things you have coming out. So I appreciate you taking some time to join me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. man. This we- one is
2: a hard one to turn down since it's so quick. <laughs> 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 and we like you too.
0: <laughs> but I'm also not going to take a lot of your time. So you're like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> Right. He's like, you don't have 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Come on now. I was like, I know you're big time and all, but come on. It's just a few you, minutes. You can't find 15 minutes.
2: During a pandemic? <laughs> okay. Really? Okay. I know you're at home. So. Right. right. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> well, thank you for even just taking time out of your time at home to join <laughs> to me here on the show. But before we hop into our conversation, let's take a quick break. Tax season is upon us. And if we're being honest, nobody really looks forward to working on their own taxes. I run a personal finance podcast, and I don't even like working on my own taxes. But that's when I reach out for help. H&R Block is not only bringing you today's bag of popcorn, but they are also bringing you the help you need this tax season. Filing your taxes doesn't have to be hard. H&R Block will help you on your terms. Whether you want someone to do your taxes for you, or you're a DIYer and want to tackle your taxes yourself, H&R Block is available to answer a quick question, check your work, or do all the work for you. If you decide to do your own taxes, I have faith in you. But if you got a question or two or you just get stuck along the way, H&R Block's experienced tax professionals are standing by to help. They can help via screen share, on-demand chat, and more. And if you're like me and you know you want some help from a tax professional, H&R Block has you covered. It's a pandemic, so if you want to avoid meeting face-to-face, you can just drop your documents off at a local office and they'll do the rest. You just review and approve online. So to learn more and get 20% off your online filing, head over to hrblanc.com slash popcorn. Again, that's hrblanc.com slash popcorn. So this episode, it aired back On February 11, 2019, but we recorded it way back in September of 2018. So, more than two years have passed since we sat down and talked about your journey and what's going on. And I I love this clip. I have a few clips I want to play for you to kind of refresh your memory of our conversation. And so, Kirsten, this was your response when I said, you know, tell me a little bit about FI, what it is, and what you're working towards. And this is what you said
2: Our community that's called FI, Financial Independence, where you can live a life that doesn't require work.
0: So I think this was also my this is my thoughts when it came to financial independence. And so I want to ask you, I know, I know we've talked and you've said your feelings about financial independence have evolved and they've changed along with, you know, life and your experiences. And so what do you think about financial independence now? And how how would you describe it to someone if you were to tell them today?
2: I think it's more of a life where you can have more control and options around how you spend your time. I think the definition that I gave back in 2018 was probably a traditional definition of and one that a lot of people still use with an emphasis on the RE, financial independence, retire early. The way that the formulas have been set up and a lot of the leading voices of FIRE has been this rule that you have to save up 25 times your annual expenses in order to never have to work again with a safe withdrawal rate of 4%. Since then, there's been a lot of emerging voices in the community who don't necessarily want that as a goal. They don't plan to stop working or they like their jobs or they don't mind working. They just don't want to subscribe to like the nine to five, five days a week, you know, 50 plus months a year, weeks a year months in the year 2020, but like, <laughs> there's been like all these derivatives that kind of acknowledge financial independence as a spectrum. So there's like coast fi, barista fi, uh, lean fi, uh, slow fi. There's like all these versions of it where work becomes like a character in your story, but it's not the main character, nor is it completely absent. Like it's just kind of like however you want, whatever role you want it to play in your life. So it's evolved a bit. In a good way.
0: I love that. That's more new. I think that's that's a, a nuanced approach to it, and uh, a way that's uh, realistic because everyone is going to approach this differently, and you know, everyone's just like everyone handles their money differently. Everyone's going to approach what they want financial independence to mean for them.
2: Exactly. I think it's truer to the word independence <laughs> because you get to truly decide like what works for you and your family.
0: Now, this clip here, I want to make into a T-shirt. Kirsten, you said this during the, uh, the during our, our recording. And this, I think, is one of the reasons why this whole talk about financial independence is important. And let me just – before I say anything else, let me just play it here for you.
2: At the time, I think we both enjoyed our jobs. But the thing about jobs is that they're fun until they're not.
0: I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard truer words uh, yes. in a while.
2: Where is the lie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and looking at this, I think it's important to – To note and I I didn't put there's so many other clips I want to pull from this episode, but we got into this discussion about how depending just on your job is also just as risky as setting out and trying something on your own. Like you're you're relying on one source of income and anything can happen. Your boss could quit and you get a new person in who hates you. You could all of a sudden find yourself being asked to do things that you don't feel comfortable doing. I, that's why I love this line here. So Julian, I saw you raise your hand there. Have you, have you had some experience with this and, and why this rings so true to you?
1: So first of all, this feels like a Black Mirror episode where like, you're able to just find the thing that somebody said in this moment in time and then try to hold them accountable for like, <laughs> what did you mean when you said, you <laughs> And then play it, right? I kind of need that. For my marriage <laughs> um no, I was raising my hand because that was my experience. I'm trying to do the math in my mind, but like you know, I didn't expect to quit you know, probably a week before I actually quit my job, but when I decided to do that, which that must have been summer of this year after this conversation, you know part of the reason why. We were able to do that because to a degree we had achieved oh we'd achieved the degree of financial independence. We were completely debt free. We did not have a mortgage on our home. Um we had plenty of money working for us in the market. We had a rental property that was that had almost doubled in value and was producing cash flow for us and tons of momentum in this new venture. And so there was tons of optimism um and lots of wind in our sails. And at the same time, or shortly thereafter, I was suddenly reporting to someone who, in my opinion, was Probably one of the most devious people I've ever met in my life. And in that interaction you know, led to a lot of stress. And, you know, and this was on top of just having a child and it started to have like emotional and and, and physical impact on my well-being. And so I made a decision for my family that I needed to remove myself from this situation. And so, uh, yeah, like to me, all of that is connected. And it's part of the reason why, you know, your point kind of resonated with me, because it speaks to um, the other options, even as I was doing it, like I, I remember thinking for a moment, like wow, how many people can't afford to do that? They mm. can't afford to stand up for themselves or stand up for what they say they believe in because they just have not taken the steps to gain, you know, the degrees of freedom that we have. And so, I'm, I'm grateful of where we are. I'm grateful of where we've been and what it's allowed us to do even today. I think that's part
0: of the whole financial independence situation that I don't think is given a lot of spotlight. A lot of it is. I want to just stop working because I don't like this and I'm going to go live this kind of like early retirement life. Mm -hmm. But there's also the point where maybe you don't have enough money to just stop working forever, but you've now given yourself options and that cushion and that flexibility to say, if I don't like where I'm at, I can change it without the fear of, oh, I'm going to end up on the street if all of a sudden I stop this job
1: and I have nothing else immediately that I can do to get me out of this situation. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And sometimes it's not. Even you that's experienced something. Sometimes it could be an aging parent or an ill parent. We've had to make those decisions too, where you've got to choose between being there for that appointment or let's say a surgery or asking for time off or, you know, like there's a conflict between wanting to be there to support a family member, but you can't because you've got meetings or you're traveling on business. And so, you know, again, that's another uh, reason why I think achieving or even just pursuing financial independence is important because you can start to uh, leverage that freedom along the journey uh, before you hit the ultimate goal. Uh, This will be the last clip for you, and I want to hear your response to this. Who knows what's going to happen with the market? I think everyone that's been paying attention should be bracing for a bit of a collapse because there's no way that we can sustain this sort of market forever. (laughs) I'm not going to say that you predicted the future.
0: (laughs) But I am going to say that this is pretty spot on. Like Maybe the market's not currently collapsing, but we had a huge dip. I know a bunch of people who were like trying to pull out of the market and do all kinds of stuff because they were mm-hmm. so scared. But then also, the economy has is, is, is collapsed to some extent. The world is in a lot of turmoil. And our country is a lot of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff going on. So I'm like, when I heard this, I was like, oh, Julian knew something. Maybe he was in on it. I don't know. But <laughs> i, I was I just joking. I want to get your reaction. <laughs> to hearing this and, and your thoughts on people's perception and and the way they handle when things go wrong when it comes to investing in, in the market.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense that people are afraid to lose money, right? You work hard, you know, you make a conscious decision to save money and then invest it. And so to see it all wiped away, particularly if you have memories and experienced the recession in 2009, You know, like it's really scary. And I've been on pins and needles since 2009, if we're being honest, (laughs) because I knew that a lot of people never recovered from that at all. And so to now walk into the threat of another one, to me, had the potential to be catastrophic. And what we've experienced is, you know, obviously a pandemic, which no one in the world could have seen coming, unless you are Bill Gates. Truly, well, <laughs> Bill Gates <laughs> predicted that it would happen. Uh, he people, did.
2: Couple people saw um, it coming.
1: <laughs> but with that said, literally today, right, the Dow Jones hits a new high by hitting thirty thousand points, and so you know, don't ask me to predict anything else because I would, <laughs> I would not have predicted that those two things would have happened. You know, I'm not that smart, but um. I think that, um you know, what we're experiencing is something that's really in as far as the stock market. I mean, it has not crashed yet. I still think that that's a safe bet. I am shocked that we've not seen more than the correction that we saw in March. Um, and I still think that there's room for a correction as a whole. I mean, there are some companies, which I won't name that are just doing ridiculous numbers right now. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's certainly leading to, you know, a lot of volatility and a lot of people jumping in and falling in love with the idea of options trading because there's a lot of money to be made right now. We don't really play in that field, but, um, all that to say it's, it, it, we live in incredibly unpredictable times. And I think. Those who just stayed the course, like that's the best thing that I've done is not pulled anything is just kind of let it sit because it's not like I need it today anyway. We know that that's meant to be um, grown over a 20 or 30 year horizon.
2: And I'll just add, like when we look at numbers like, you know, the Dow Jones and how it's growing and not collapsing, I think we also have to zoom into like the demographics of that wealth and where it's held. I read two different articles today. One said that 80% of wealth in the United States is held by people that are 60 years old or older. Mm. So if you're under 60, we only have 20% of the wealth. And then I also read an article that inheritances is going to be a greater likelihood for home buying than jobs. In other words, house values have outpaced wages so much in the last four decades that the leading indicator of whether or not you'll be able to afford a house for millennials is if you receive an inheritance. Wow. Because your job is not going to do it for you. And so some of these results that we're we're talking about right now probably won't show up for, you know, 20 more years, maybe even 30. It's hard when we're trying to call a real-time <laughs> game <laughs> when the results are so far behind, but I think the data is still there to suggest that, you know, we're not out the clear yet. And so, you know, sound principles over the long term, which has kind of always been our investing strategy, is the way to go.
0: Now, I think that's the way you two handle things, the way you talk about. Because I, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of your work and, and everything you put out, and the calm measure with which you two speak about things, I think is so important and so needed. Because there's all this flashy news and and sound bites of what everyone's doing, and all these, you know, buy this, sell this, move here, do that. You know, everyone has this like really. Very specific point of advice that goes out to everybody. Yes. Uh, but I love your approach and, and the measure and the caution that you take and it's like, you know, this isn't a casino. This is meant to be
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's for not your a race future.
0: Either. This is something you take slowly and cautiously and, and um and and treat it with the respect that it deserves and not like you uh pulling a twenty dollar bill out of your pocket to throw on the table. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs>
0: I appreciate you two letting me hit you with a, a bunch of questions here and, and take up some of your day. Before we get out of here, if people want to learn more about you and also check out the the really amazing Money on the Table series that you two put together, uh, where should they go and how can they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, they can find us at richandregular.com. Uh, we are on all major social media platforms except for TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm grown. <laughs> and if you get a chance, you know, we'd love if you visited Facebook Watch or YouTube to check out our video series, Money on the Table. We combine our love for food and cooking with rich conversation about life and money. And it's all sort of rolled into one. And so it's been a fun project that we were able to do this year. Uh, and we're looking forward to a season two in 2021. Yeah, I can't wait. It was so well done! Thank
0: you. Like this Thank isn't you. your.
1: This isn't just like a YouTube video.
0: This is. This feels like I'm watching a TV show. Something that would I would hop on Netflix and watch. So I. It's free, people. So don't. You have no excuse not to go watch this. You can
1: it's, send me 14.99 oh. a month
0: if you want to. I would certainly appreciate it. It's going to require a TikTok dance if you want that $14. Is. 14.99. <laughs> Thank you, too. I appreciate your time. I'll put links in the show notes for everyone to go check out uh, Money on the Table series. Really worth your time. Great conversations. Uh, I've loved what you two put together. And uh, it's always an honor having you two on the show.
1: Yeah, boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.